This podcast is supported by Understood Explains. As parents, we are often having to figure out things as we go, and that is very true for our children's education. And to help you out, I want to tell you about a podcast called Understood Explains. This season is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Uliana Ortube, and she discusses all the things you'd want to know about individual education plans, or IEPs, what they are, why they're needed, who benefits from them, and what to expect when you have meetings with teachers. I could have really used this podcast when my son had an IEP for speech when he was six. I was overwhelmed trying to understand the process and what everything meant. The episode on Understood Explains, Does My Child Need an IEP?, was the kind of info that would have really helped me get the most out of the educational support of the IEP for my son. And if you need that kind of support, I really recommend this podcast. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains. Welcome to Mom in Mind, a podcast about maternal mental health from conception, pregnancy, to birth and postpartum. Real stories from moms and family members who've made it from struggling to wellness, and interviews with experts and advocates who work for moms and families to get the help they need. We discuss very real struggles that can sometimes be hard to hear, but these are stories that need to be told so that moms and families can know that healing is possible. This podcast is meant to offer information and awareness and is not a replacement for treatment by a professional or professional training. Thank you for being with us today. Welcome back to Mom and Mind. I'm your host, Dr. Kat. I'm honored and excited to have Onye Dikachi Akwirike on with us today, speaking with us from Nigeria about maternal mental health for African mothers. Onyedi Kachi is a clinical psychologist and the founder of Postpartum Support Network Africa, PSN Africa an organization he set up in 2015 to raise awareness about PPD in Africa and provide support for mothers suffering from postpartum depression in Africa. He's a member of the International Task Force that planned and executed the first-ever World Maternal Mental Health Day held May 4, 2016. Welcome on Yedikachi. Thank you for being here. Thank you very much, Dr. Kratz. My pleasure. So I'm excited to have you here. I've been following you on social media and looking at the work that you're doing, and I find it inspiring. And I can see already from the work just for two and a half, two years or so that you've been doing, it seems like you're having a really great reach. So please tell us about your work and what Postpartum Work Africa is doing. All right. Thank you again, Dr. Kat. So what we're doing basically is to educate mothers about postpartum depression. We're raising awareness pretty much by visiting hospitals, maternity clinics, family healthcare centers. Just educate mothers about symptoms of postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis, risk factors, how to get help, how to get professional support, you know, and then providing support basically for mothers and then families too who we're suffering some form of mental health condition, maternal mental health condition. We're also raising awareness on social media. We're doing a lot of that. I'm trying to educate the general public too, not just mothers. Basically, make them understand just what postpartum depression is because there's a lot of ignorance and stigma here in Nigeria and Africa in general. Sure. So maybe then you can tell us a little bit more. How are maternal mental health issues understood in Nigeria? Oh, well, I'd say maternal mental health issues are poorly understood here. For one thing, maternal mental health conditions are viewed as a spiritual problem. 
So when the mother comes down with postpartum depression or postpartum psychosis, we tend to think that it's a spiritual attack. Probably something the mother did not do right. Probably she picked up her mother-in-laws. Maybe she's a bad mom. Maybe she's a witch, you know. And actually labeled here in Nigeria, once a mother suffers postpartum psychosis, is labeled abyssinwe. In English, that means crazy mom or mad mom. Hmm. And then they are labeled so bad and the families are stigmatized. People are told not to marry from a particular family because once you have a baby, believe that automatically people from that woman from that family would run mad on coats. Um, so people avoid families where someone suffers postpartum depression or postpartum psychosis. Really sad. In fact, mothers are getting kicked out of their houses because huh. nobody wants to be associated to, with a witch. Nobody wants to have a witch raise their child. No relative of a husband who wants a wife who suffers postpartum depression after childbirth. So basically, it's poorly understood, and which is why we're trying to raise awareness. Right. And you've just, for the most part, relatively just started. Was there anything in place to understand this before you started doing your work? Um, pretty much. There was nothing going on to help mothers before we started. Mothers really did not have an idea what postpartum depression was or what it is um, or how to get help. There's no form of support either at hospitals for mothers who suffer this particular mental, mental, maternal, mental health condition. So... Basically, two things made me start doing this. A personal experience of a relative who got kicked out of her house because she suffered postpartum psychosis. The relative thought she was under some form of spiritual attack. I did all I could to help her get help, encourage them to visit the psychiatrist. The stigma attached to it all, they didn't quite listen. She suffered alone in silence. And then I thought about it. There was nowhere to get help. Yeah, in, in Nigeria, in around Africa. So I stumbled upon Postpartum Support International. I was already raising awareness about postpartum depression here, though, when I stumbled upon them. But then they encouraged me, you know, to continue doing what I do. And how about we actually take this thing further, just outside Nigeria and educate mothers across Africa and just try to reach out to people. So we created a website where mothers could get access to information about postpartum depression, postpartum psych basically every maternal mental health challenge. And then started offering free screenings. Then we designed our websites in such a way that mothers could take the Edinburgh not a depression test online. Then we analyze them. Then we contact them if we notice that they have symptoms of postpartum depression and provide them information on how to get professional help. And it's been great, really. It's been a real great experience, you know. Helping mothers, supporting families. That's fantastic. People who had no idea, you know. So your current reach is, is outside of Nigeria as well. It's your yeah. social media campaign goes all over Africa. Yes, it does. So we have visits from all across Africa, and then on social media, social media allows us to reach a whole lot of people around Africa. And then people are coming on board our social media campaigns from different countries: Ghana, Kenya. We have a mother from Kenya who also is actually um, supporting us. She had personal experience of postpartum depression too. She's doing fantastic work herself trying to spread the message all around Kenya. So we're having a ripple. There's a ripple effect really basically. So we started small, but now we're growing and consciousness is rising. That's amazing. Wow. I'm so happy for you and the work that you're doing. And it sounds like people are really responding positively. Yeah, they are. Thankful. I'm thankful for that. Because considering that in 
usually have positive feedbacks, especially from the government. They really don't understand what we're all about. They really didn't see postpartum depression as a problem. We, we made them understand the severity of the condition, making them understand it's the number one complication of childbirth, making them understand that well, all our mothers are suffering in silence. And then we began to get the support that we actually needed. In your process to get the organization going, you needed to go through the government and go through some steps to get things moving ahead? Yeah. For one thing, we had to register with the government, so we had to get across the line first. And then we had to seek permissions from um, governmental authorities and hospital management to actually visit the hospitals and talk to mothers, you know, gain access to the mothers, really, because a large part of our work is about visiting hospitals, government-owned hospitals, where we have a whole lot of mothers come for atinantals, postnatal care, and then we educate them there, right there in the hospital. To get access to these women, we had to write several times to the hospitals, hospital management. You know, in a country like this, where not many people appreciate what we do, as you know, it was kind of difficult initially. Now we're getting access into hospitals, we're getting access to mothers, and then we're basically getting support now for the work that we do, you know, to educate mothers. So it sounds like you have a team of people working with you or coordinating this with you to get into the hospitals and do this outreach? Yeah, certainly. I have a team of fantastic young individuals who have professional experience of some sort. Some of them psychologists, some of them psychiatrists, and some of them gynecologists. But pretty much young guys who just got out of school who understand what's happening, who understand that we need to actually raise awareness, you know. And so they've been supporting me immensely. I'm really thankful for them, you know. That's awesome. That's great. So you have this groundswell. People who are starting to support your organization and get the word out and very supportive. What kind of folks are stepping up to support you guys? Yeah. At the moment, we have local celebrities, actresses, musician, comedians coming on board to join the campaign. Especially our recent campaign, Feel Something, Say Something, which we recently launched on social media. And so we have people asking for um, customized banners, you know, just to pledge their support, you know, writing one of the things about postpartum depression, encouraging people to speak up, encouraging people to stop stigmatization, and then basically just trying to raise consciousness. Oh, that's beautiful. I'm so glad to hear that you have that kind of support and people are stepping up in that way. So so nice and so needed. I mean, you were just describing to us a little bit about the stigma and the kinds of beliefs that people have about moms who are going through this. So I imagine you've had quite an uphill battle to get the education out there. Yeah, it's been a lot of work, really. You know, we have to start from the scratch. Yeah, right. And then speak to the people in the language that you understand. Sometimes we have to speak the local language just so that people understand um, what's happening. Because many of these people, like I mentioned earlier, I believe that these things are tied to evil spirits trying to harm the mom or trying that the mother has kind of offended, you know. We try to come down to their level, make them see that it's an illness, just like every other illness. We tell them it's like malaria. When a mother gets malaria, you don't tell her to a spiritual healer, you ask her to go to the doctor. So when she comes down with postpartum depression or postpartum psychosis or postpartum OCD, 
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. Whatever the mental or mental health challenges, it's imperative that they encourage her to go see a doctor too. And it's growing, really. It's growing. So a lot of people are beginning to become more aware of what it is. That's fantastic. I mean, that education is so important. And, you know, what you're saying is that uh, the community members or family members might have these very specific ideas about what the mom is going through. She's having some sort of spiritual crisis or something's going on there. But what kind of things have you seen that the mom herself is thinking about what's going on? Honestly, the mothers really don't understand what's happening. You know, they can't quite wrap their heads around it. Um, they don't understand what's happening to them. This changes their weaknesses. They just know they're not just themselves, you know. They can't help what's happening to them and there's no one to turn to. And suddenly they begin to believe the things that people tell them. Or oh, maybe it's true that I have some spiritual problems. So what do they do? Once they realize that they have simple postpartum depression, instead of seeing it for what it is, which is just a, a health condition, they run to spiritual healers. You know, they basically take advice from friends, from relatives who would only advise them to go to a spiritual healer or a pastor. You know, so many of these mothers themselves are beginning to believe that maybe it's true that they have some spiritual problem. Maybe it's true that maybe there is some form of witch they don't know yet, you know. But it's really sad, you know. I was talking earlier about a woman who is a pastor who told her to stop giving out her clothes because pastor says her clothes were being used to attack her. So she stopped giving out her clothes. And, you know, it's sad, really, you know, when all she had was postpartum depression. So these are the kind of beliefs that most mothers are having, you know, which is why it's important that um, a lot of education and awareness needs to continue as regards to the issue. 
Well, that seems pretty important then. Is the education that you're doing, are you also going out to spiritual healers and pastors or what kind of work are you doing or do you think needs to be done to support their understanding of what's going on? Yeah, so what we do really is to reach out to them via radio. So we go on radio and talk about postpartum depression, call out on religious leaders and spiritual healers to understand what it is and to know the symptoms of postpartum depression so that once a member of the church, for example, comes up to them and say, oh, I feel like this, I feel very sad, guilt, I'm always crying, I can't sleep, I can't eat. Then they understand that it's postpartum depression and then encourage their members to actually seek professional help, you know. So that's what we're doing, really. We're trying to reach out to them via mass media, radio, you know, and then social media to, you know, to make them realize that it's it's really not a spiritual problem. And once they see it for what it is, you know, they, they can then also encourage their members to reach out. And really, more work has to be done in this area to reach out to religious leaders and healers, you know, make them understand just what postpartum depression or mental health conditions are. Right. So you're really hitting with your work and your outreach. You're trying to educate everyone, the whole culture, the whole society about what's going on and have a, a fully different understanding than what historically they've had about mothers. That that seems like it could be pretty difficult to do. Yeah, that's really not easy, you know, making people change their beliefs, beliefs they've held for a very, very long time. Especially beliefs like postpartum psychosis is being caused by um, some evil spirits or the mothers themselves being witches are just out to harm their baby, you know. Right. So I feel like still consistency is key. The more we continue to put this information out there, the more they'll begin to see, you know. And then we try to talk a lot about research, talk about what studies have found, you know. And then because there are not enough local research, yeah, so people here begin to see postpartum depression as a Western illness, a white woman's illness, and then they tell black people don't suffer these problems. And I think that's down to the fact that there are not a whole lot of empirical studies done here to show prevalence postpartum depression, which is something else that we're doing, you know. Although because of the cost implication of this kind of research, we kind of restricted, you know. But we're working on it to show prevalence rate, you know, because when we go educate these women, we also ask for their permission to gather data, you know, to use the information that we gather from them for research. And so very soon, we hope to be able to tell just how prevalent this is in Nigeria, for example. So states from states, we're gathering data, we're analyzing. At the moment, we're hoping to get research done in Nigeria to show prevalence rate, you know, to make people see, understand that mothers, African mothers and Nigerian mothers actually do suffer postpartum depression. And then we're also compiling personal experiences of mothers who have gone through postpartum depression in Thailand, you know? And um, we're hoping that more and more people come up with their stories, you know, and then we compile it and probably publish this experience with the permission of them from these mothers. And then that way, we hope to actually raise more awareness and make people understand and see that really mothers do suffer this problem oftentimes in Thailand. So you brought up an interesting point that a lot of people view postpartum depression as a white woman's illness or something that's a Western illness. What are some other ideas within the culture that may impact moms or prevent them from seeing this as something that could happen to them? So aside the fact that um, they see this as a white woman's illness, other beliefs like African mothers being strong and they don't crack, you know, they say things like African mothers don't suffer depression. You know, African mothers are so strong. 
like you say things like oh, our grandmothers used to have five, six kids, and then they rush to the, their farms immediately. They don't suffer depression. It's not an African thing. Things like this okay. makes it very, very difficult for mothers to seek help because no one wants to appear weak, fragile, sure. or, or, and then they also say things like mothers who suffer postpartum depression have some kind of character flaw. They're actually very weak-headed, bad people or bad mothers themselves. So. Mm-hmm. People are attacked this way, uh, it makes it very, very difficult for people to come up and say, Oh, yeah, I have postpartum depression. And I think I mentioned earlier that there's a very demeaning name given to women who come down with postpartum psychosis here in Nigeria called Abyssinwe. That's crazy, mom or mad mom, you know. Right. So it's very, very difficult. No one will want to come out to be identified as a mad mom or a crazy mom, you know, because it's there's a lot of stigma attached to it as well. Wow, right. So, I mean, the work that you're doing is so super important. And then, so you're helping Ed to educate. You're helping people to understand that, no, they're not crazy. They're not a bad mom. Are you finding it difficult to find specialists who can treat them? Or is that part of what you guys are working on as well in, in terms of training and getting more professionals to support the moms once they've been identified as suffering? Certainly, it's a, it's a very huge challenge, especially here in Nigeria. We have a shortage of professionals who are trained specifically to help mothers go through this very, very difficult period, especially in other states in Nigeria. In Lagos states where we're based, we get support. You know, We get doctors, psychiatrists, psychologists. We have a network of professionals, and we're trying to expand that network. And the point you made about training professionals to actually understand this illness is actually a very valid one. It's something we're looking at. In fact, this year we're looking at holding the conference. Pray to God we pull it off, you know, because we're still growing, you know. But we're hoping to pull off a conference in May where we'll invite professionals, gynecologists, psychiatrists, psychologists, and just basically educate them and have professionals who are actually well trained come in and then. And talk about postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis, and other perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, you know, and just to make them understand what this condition is, just encourage them to come on board and support more money. Because the truth is that postpartum depression gets undetected, undertreated here in Africa. Mothers go to the hospitals, they speak to gynecologists, they speak to the doctors, and nobody tells them about postpartum depression. So we want to make it okay for you to talk about it, for you to raise it up. You know, doing and yes, we're trying to basically get more and more professional support, make them aware of this problem. It's not like they're not aware, you know. Yeah. Many of the gynecologists I've spoken with know what postpartum depression is. They just don't think that many mothers here in Africa go through it. They think oh, it's okay. textbook stuff. You know? Right. So Especially Right. So especially if you're also dealing with the culture, trying to make a shift or you're trying to educate in a way that the sort of older ideas of this being a spiritual problem is not the case, then it's maybe not in everyone's front of their minds to be looking out specifically for the symptoms and having that awareness in their clinics. So, I mean, the work that you're doing is so, so important and so valuable and have you been able to see the progress of mothers who you've been able to intervene with and got them the help that they needed and how are they doing? Have you been able to see that through? Oh, oh yes, yeah, certainly. We've, we've had a 
Not a lot, okay, because firstly, it's very difficult for these mothers to come forward and say, oh, we right. have postpartum depression and we need help. But a couple, you know, since we started in 2015, we have successfully helped about 11 mothers, I think. 11 mothers, yes, 11 mothers. And fortunately for us, many of these mothers that we got to help, we actually intervened very early when we started to just notice symptoms of depression. And then we um, referred them to a network of psychologists here in Lagos. Uh, most of the mothers are here in Lagos, Nigeria. And they were able to recover. And you know, the funny thing about this is, especially for mothers who did not require antidepressants, mothers who just benefited from psychotherapy, they say, how is it possible that they feel better without drugs, without medication? You know, they just don't understand how it works. And again, that's because not many people are familiar with um, the work psychologists do. And right. that's also something we're trying to um, raise awareness about. Go ahead. Yeah, so for some mothers, they have to require medication, antidepressants to get better. Uh, you know, the way antidepressants work, they don't kick in that fast. And so they wonder, oh, I've taken medications and I don't feel better. They feel some side effects and it's not just the same thing, you know. So we have to do a lot of psychoeducation, making them understand how these drums work, making them understand that it's not magic, you know. It's not, it takes time to kick in and then making them understand the side effects to all these medications, you know. And then it was initially quite difficult, but now many mothers are beginning to understand how it works, you know, and so it's helping them recover fully. And then we've seen mothers who were very depressed initially when we met them three months down the line, some months down the line, they begin to feel better, you know, and they're able to care for their baby. They're thankful. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it but I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. And then something else I need, I need to point out, yeah, so one, initially they were skeptical about coming out and talk about their stories and how 
they were able to use medication and how they benefited from psychotherapy. But now mothers are coming up to talk about it, you know, freely, you know, and, and it's, it's really reinforcing, you know, encouraging. Because it tells us that actually we're doing something right and there's a whole lot of other mothers to reach out to. Wow. I mean, I'm just sort of thinking about, you know, what, what you've been describing, what we've been talking about, and just the reach, the breadth of work that you are doing to educate, to support mothers, to get the word out to providers, to have the resources available. And then also, I mean, you're potentially saving lives, but also family relationships. And just by being able to educate and say, actually, no, she's not crazy. She's not possessed. She's not evil. There's this thing going on. You're, you're allowing families to stay intact and educating the whole family probably on some level. Yeah, I think that's the most important part of our work, trying to ensure that families don't break up because of uh, a health condition. Mm-hmm. I remember our last program we held, what would we do if they found that a family member had cancer, would they neglect that family member? Would they run away? If they found that their mother had cancer, if they found that their mother had some terminal illness, you know, they would rally around her. So why run away from someone who has a mental health condition? And so people began to look at it, you know, with trying to basically normalize this thing for people, make them see that, oh, it's an illness like every other illness, or like malaria, like typhoid, like every other um, health condition that we face here in Africa. You know, it's no different, really, with medication, with the right care, with the right support. Uh, mothers can actually feel better. And, you know, they say things like, oh, okay, this is another belief that many people hold. They say when somebody goes mad, they can never get better, you know. Madness yeah. is always there. This, this things really do affect the way people view mental health care in general, really. And the same way, they, that's the same way they view maternal mental health care. Like, no matter what they do, or the mother's not going to get better. So that's we're changing that too. And hopefully the success stories we've recorded will help also change that significantly, you know. This is just so, so amazing and inspiring. And, you know, I hope that if there are other people out there who are listening or have some idea on how to start something like this in their part of the world, that they can be inspired by you and, I don't know, maybe ask you how you did it. (laughs) Because this is a huge amount of work. Uh, Yeah, it's a huge amount of work, but it also takes so much heart and patience and, you know, really passion for the people that are around you, your country, the, the women who are, you know, birthing children there. I hope that you're seeing impact. I'm just sitting back listening to the amount of work that you're doing and just kind of in awe of how much you've been able to do in such a short period of time. It's amazing. Thank you, Thank you very much, Bill. It's yeah. really encouraging hearing you say all that. Coming from you, Dr. Katz, really oh. encouraging. <laughs> well, thank you. I'm just one little girl over here in California. But so what well, I want people to be able to connect with you and connect with the social media. You are on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, I'm uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, so so. Okay, so they can look you up by your name or PSN Africa. PS in Africa, please. PS in Africa. Um, that's the platform we're using to create awareness, really. Um, so on Instagram is PS in Africa, PS in Africa, mm-hmm. and then on Twitter is PS in Africa too, and then on Facebook is facebook.com forward slash PS in Africa. So okay. You could hit me up. Um, you could reach us on any of those um, platforms, and we'll be sure to respond. You know. Okay. So people who are local to you or closer to you can certainly 
we jump in on the social media campaigns. How, why do you want the feel something, say something campaign, which I love the idea of. And what I've seen is that people who are supporting you are kind of putting their, you have some way to put their picture next to this message and they're able to spread the message for you on that level. So are people able to call in and, or to contact you to support you in that way? Yeah, it's been immense, really. I think we started the campaign a couple of weeks back. In two weeks there, but we had over 200 requests for banners, customized banners, to have the pictures um, attached to the message. And people have been posting online, you know, and the feedback has been really, really great. You know, people coming out, tell their own stories. We've kind of had a ripple effect, you know, people coming on board, celebrities jumping on board, you know, creating trying to create an awareness, talking about it on the social media platforms. And then the comments really from people who are saying, oh, we've had these problems. Oh, oh, this is what I was going through. I did not even understand this was what I was going through. Oh, I had a relative who actually went through this. You know, it's been great. You know, it's been really, really great. And not just here in Nigeria, people across Africa are coming on board so on social media, on Instagram, you know, posting up the message, using the hashtag, or something, say something, PS in Africa. Ghana, Kenya, South Africa, it's been really, really great. We've had lots of support online from people outside the country too. I mean, the U.S. Africans in the U.S. who are really surprised to know that there's an organization here in Africa who is raising awareness about postpartum depression. And then it's also very important that we have you too, who's helping greatly to raise awareness. And this podcast and this interview will also go a long way in making people Africans who are outside the country who have relatives here, find out about PS in Africa, and then knowing that they could refer their relatives, you know, ask them to contact us, you know, to get support if they need support to overcome postpartum depression or any form of perinatal modern anxiety disorder. Fantastic. Well, I, I surely hope that this does help. Um, you're doing so much beautiful and amazing work already. And yeah, anything that I can do to, to help support you and what you're doing, I, I will do that. This is essential work that you're doing. Thank you Thank so you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. I'm so glad to have talked to you today. And I thank you for taking the time to, to tell us about what you're doing and the work that you're doing and the help that you're providing and so many, so many amazing and great and wonderful things. And thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you very much. My pleasure, really. By joining us today, you are part of the growing community of people who are aware and concerned for mothers and families during this beautiful and sometimes very difficult time of life. If you or someone you know is having a hard time, help is available. You can feel better. Please look for resources for help at momandmind.com. Together, we can support moms and families so that no one has to deal with this alone. Thank you for listening and being a part of the Mom and Mind community. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? 
That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it.